abgenommen bedauert. Your neighborhood Chevron gas station invites you to Let George Do It. Brought to you by the makers of Chevron Supreme Gasoline and RPM Motor Oil. George Valentine has been out of uniform only a few weeks. Blessed with an abundance of energy and adventuresome spirit and not too much money, he has sunk his last dime in office rent, a few pieces of furniture, and an ad in the classified section of the daily paper. An ad which reads, You have a crime that needs solving? You have a dog that needs walking? You have a wife that needs spanking? Let George do it. Now three days have passed, and George, sitting in his swivel chair with his feet up on the desk, is still anxiously waiting for a client. Suddenly, the door bursts open. Mr. Valentine? Yes? Mr. George Valentine? Yes, yes, come right in. Have a seat. Oh, here, take this one, it's softer. Oh, thank you. Oh, don't mention it. Have a cigar? Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. You're too young. Here, wait a minute, here. Have a chocolate bar with almonds. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Now then, what can I do for you? Well, I came to work for you. Work? I thought you were a client. Oh, no, sir. That's all right. I'll get it. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Good morning. Let George do it. How do you like that? Oh, I can make an appointment for you. I'm Mr. Valentine's confidential assistant. Well, that's nice to know. Oh, well, if you're that close, then come right up, Mr. Winters. Yeah, goodbye, sir. Well, how do you... Now, look here, bottom button. I'm Sonny you... Brooks. You can call me Sonny. Well, now, look here, Sonny. Who hired you? I come with the office. You see, Caleb, the elevator man, is my friend. He knew I was looking for a job, so he said, Sonny... Whoever gets that office gets you, too. Yeah, well, you're too young, Sonny. Things may get a little rough around here. Oh, that's okay, sir. I'm a very rugged character. Now then, Mr. Winters will be here soon. Winters? The mystery writer? Yes, sir. Jonathan Winters. He just phoned. Oh. We can discuss my salary later. I'll go on the payroll as of today. Uh-huh. Whether I like it or not, huh? I have a feeling you're going to become very fond of me, sir. I grow on people. Yeah, like a wart. All right, Sonny, call an employment agency and get me a secretary. Well, that won't be necessary, sir. Why? Don't tell me you type also. No, but my sister does. Your sister? Claire. She'll be here soon to start to work. Well, say, does your whole family go with this office? Oh, well, I don't have much of a family. There's just Claire and me. Oh, well, that's tough, kid. But you're lucky. I haven't even got a sister. <laughs> tell you what, maybe we can sort of look after each other. How about it? Oh, That'll be swell, Mr. Valentine. I'll be glad to take care of you, sir. <laughs> hey, you're okay, Sonny. Oh, you like Claire, too. She's prettier than I am. Oh, perfect. It doesn't matter if she can type or take dictation just so she's prettier than you are. Mr. Valentine? Hmm? Oh, oh, yes, Mr. Winters. Come right in. Mr. Valentine, I'm here because... Well, it doesn't matter what the job is, Mr. Winters. I'm your man. Just throw your problem in my lap and I'll come up with the right answer. Mr. Valentine, I... I'm about to be murdered. Well, I don't take it too seriously. A lot of people... Murdered? Murdered? You're... <clears throat> you're joking, I hope. I'm not joking. Oh, well... Uh, <clears throat> well, that's uh, <clears throat> a little out of my line, Mr. Winters. I mean... Uh, that we, we... Mr. Valentine, I... I... 
I have been murdered. Oh. Suffering cat. Hey, well, you, 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 don't stand there, Sonny. Do something. Call somebody. The police. The fire department. Yeah, I'll get a doctor. And Sonny. Yeah, Mr. Valentine? Don't get excited. Look at me. I'm perfectly calm. You going up, miss? Is Mr. Valentine's office in this building? Fifth floor, step in. Oh, thank you. Ah. You're, uh, you're Claire, ain't you? Well, how did you Family know? resemblance. You look like Sonny. Nice boy, Sonny. I think so, too. Of course, I'm prejudiced. You know what sisters are like. Yes. I'm the same way about Georgie. Georgie? Oh, you don't mean Mr. Valentine. Of course I do. Known him for years. Used to work for his father. Georgie and I got to be good friends on account of his curls. Curls? Yeah, must have been all of four years old then. Had the prettiest long curls you ever did see. Oh, really? Yes, I talked to his mom to having them cut off. Georgie and me's been close friends ever since. I can understand that. You, uh, <clears throat> gonna work for him? Well, I'm gonna apply for the job. Uh-huh. Well, you keep an eye on him, hear me? Well, I... That don't... boy never thinks to eat unless someone reminds him. Oh, here we are, fifth floor. Oh, don't let his talk fool you. Tries to act hard-boiled, but I know Georgie... Underneath it all, he's still a little boy with them pretty long curls. First door to your left. Oh, there he is now. Caleb, 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 get a doctor up here right away. I ear, nose, or stomach? I, ear, I don't care. Get a doctor. I'll get Dr. Mack. He took very good care of you when you had that bad cold. Mr. Valentine. Well? Is anything wrong? Oh, no, no, nothing trifling. Now, uh, run along, sweetheart, and if you're a client, come back tomorrow, will you? I'm Claire Brooks. Sonny sister. Yeah, we'll come back tomorrow. Mr. Valentine. Well? You're going to talk to me about that job whether you like it or not. I spent ten cents on bus fare to come here. Well, look, here's a dime. Now be a good girl and beat it. I certainly will. I wouldn't work for you if you offered me a thousand dollars a week to sit behind a desk and do nothing but powder my nose. Well, I could stand a little potter at that. Oh, you... Oh, wait a minute. You had any experience as a secretary? Of course. Can you mend socks? Men's socks. Iron shirts, sew buttons, cook breakfast over a can of Sterno. Mr. Valentine, are you looking for a secretary or a wife? Oh, a secretary. I'm still a bachelor, knock on wood. Had one close call, though, but I got away from her. <laughs> Lucky guy. <laughs> Lucky girl. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're all right. Okay, you're hired. Thank you. Now, give me back that dime. What about salary? Oh, uh, salary. Well, uh, we'll discuss that after I collect from my first client. How do I know you'll ever get a first client? My first client? Oh, I've got one now. I don't know what I'm going to do with him, but I've got him. Come on in and see for yourself. That gentleman stretched out on the floor is my... What? Sonny! Sonny! Yeah, Mr. Valentine? Well, where is he? Where's the body? Where's Mr. Winters? Suffering cats, Mr. Valentine. He's gone. Now, make sense, will you? Mr. Winters couldn't have just disappeared into thin air. Well, it's like I told you, Mr. Valentine. I went into the waiting room to phone the police, and the next thing I knew, you were out here yelling for me. Look, this window is open. Oh, what of it? Well, don't you see? It leads to the fire escape. Mm-hmm. And this door leads to a closet, and that door leads to the... Well, never mind. Will you be serious? Mr. Winters was shot. Well? Maybe his murderer followed him here to your office. Maybe he hid out of the fire escape listening. Then when you left the office, he dragged the body out. I'll bet sis is right. Oh, look, kids, we haven't got time to puzzle over it now. I'm in a jam. The police will be here any minute. The police? Well, of course. Sonny phoned them. Gosh, I'll look pretty silly trying to explain that the body disappeared. My first case, and I make a mess of it. Oh, 
Don't get discouraged, Mr. Valentine. Yeah. But to tell you the truth, Sonny, I don't know what to do next. I haven't even got a clue. <laughs> Still the little boy in curls. Curls? Oh, Caleb's been talking to you, huh? He's a swell guy, but don't take him too seriously. Why not? Well, because he thinks I know all the answers. And look at me. Mr. Valentine, why don't you go out and find a clue? Find one? Where? Well, did Mr. Winters have a family? Well, I don't... Hey, wait a minute. I've seen pictures of his wife in society papers. Good. Oh, Claire, you're wonderful. Remind me to raise your salary. What salary? Yeah, well, when you get one, remind me to raise it. See you later. Where are you going, Mr. Valentine? To Mr. Winter's home. And when the police come, stole them. But, Mr. Valentine, what'll I tell them? Tell them nothing. You've got charm, haven't you? Well, use it. Mr. Valentine, I've got to know. What do you think happened to my husband? No, no, just take it easy, Mrs. Winters. Well, I was afraid something would happen to him. Why? Well, he, he was so worried. I thought it was because his writing wasn't going too well. He hadn't been able to write a thing in a long time. Uh-huh. Your husband is the famous mystery writer, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, I've read some of his stuff. The case of the body in the bathtub. Murder has the hiccups. This is his study. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Say, quite a layout. Uh, what are all these papers? His manuscript. He was working on The Lost Corpse. The Lost Corpse. <laughs> Cute title. It wasn't coming easy. He knew it had to be good or it would mean the end. Mr. Valentine, what are you looking for in that waste paper basket? Well, I I don't know exactly. I just got a hunch. I want the truth. Was he murdered? Oh, relax, Mrs. Winters. Relax. The best man in town is on the job. Who? Who? Oh, I mean, of course. Uh, is this the lost corpse? Uh, put that manuscript down. Don't look at it. Why not? Uh, well, sorry. It's just a superstition. Jonathan never wanted anyone to read what he was working on. Oh. Then, of course, you haven't read this. Uh, no. No, no, certainly not. Did your husband have any domestic trouble? Domestic trouble? Jonathan was devoted to me. Was? Why the past tense? What? Well, I... I, I don't know what I'm saying. Miss Winters? Yes? Yes, what is it? There's a policeman downstairs. He wants to talk to you. A policeman? Well, I'll be right down. Look, Mrs. Winters, you haven't seen me, understand? But why? Your husband trusted me. Why don't you try it? All right, Mr. Valentine. Any way I can get out of here without going down the stairs? Oh, that door leads to my husband's private elevator. It'll take you to the back entrance. Say, he thought of everything. Well, he liked to come and go without disturbing the rest of the household. <laughs> a clever man. Okay, Mrs. Winters, I'll get in touch with you tomorrow. Tomorrow? You mean you'll have news for me? Well, maybe it'll be news to you. And then again, Mrs. Winters, maybe it won't. Mr. Valentine, what's the idea of dragging me out here in the middle of the night? Keep your pretty little mouth shut, will you, Claire? What is this place, anyway? The back entrance to the Winters home. Haven't they got a front entrance? <laughs> sure they have, but we're not using it. We're here to steal something. Steal? I'm supposed to be a secretary, not a second-story man. Shh, keep quiet. Mr. Valentine, I quit. Yes, yeah, some other time. Now step into that elevator. An elevator? Where will this thing take us? Up to Mr. Winter's workroom. It's pitch black in here. I don't feel safe. I'm here. That's what I mean. Shh. Now keep quiet. Oh! What's the matter? 
Oh, you don't have to hold my hand. I'm not holding your hand. Well, someone is. Well, don't scream. I got him covered. Put him up, you. Hey, get that gun out of my ribs. Sonny. Sonny, I told you to go home. Well, I have a feeling you're going to be very glad I'm along, Mr. Valentine. You might need me. Yeah, like I need a second head. You could use two. Now, both of you stay right here. I know where the desk is. What do you want in there? Well, I've got to get the lost corpse. The lost corpse? You mean you think Mr. Winter's body's in there? Yeah, it's probably... No, no, the manuscript of his book. Now, keep quiet. Don't make a sound. Oh! Mr. Valentine. Oh, what was that? Oh, just an old shin of mine. Hey, I hear somebody coming up the stairs. Okay, kids, we can beat it now. Everything's under control. I've got the lost corpse. Good story, Mr. Valentine. Mm-hmm. Aren't you going to let us read it? Mrs. Winters wouldn't approve. Oh. What's she like? she attractive? Never mind, Mrs. Winters. What about the lost corpse? Well, it's, uh, it's a very unusual story about a man and his wife. How <laughs> original. Yeah, the wife would like to give him the gate, but she hasn't any money of her own. However, she stands to collect a lot if her husband ever kicks the bucket. Is there a murder? Of course. The husband is shot, but he manages to make his way to a private investigator's office. Huh? Is that in the story? Sure. Yeah, but that's what Mr. Winters did. The husband tells the investigator he's about to be murdered. Hey, that's what he told you. Then he collapses. When the investigator steps out of his office, the wounded man disappears. Just like Mr. Winters did. That's what actually happened. It is? Well, what do you know about that? Well, go on, Mr. Valentine, then what? (laughs) Well, later the guy returns to his wife and he says, You thought you killed me, but I'm not dead yet. You, you... Yes, go on. Well, that's all. That's as far as Mr. Winters got with his story. No wonder Mrs. Winters didn't want you to read it. It's the story of their life. It shows she's guilty. She killed her husband. Georgie. Oh, say, Georgie. Yeah, Caleb, what do you want? Uh, Where's Mrs. Winters? She all right now? Mrs. Winters, what are you talking about? I left her in your waiting room. She come to see you. When was this? A few minutes ago. She acts kind of funny, like maybe she was sick or something. Come on. Not a sign of her. Caleb, are you sure you left Mrs. Winters here in my waiting room? Well, Mr. Valentine, look, on the table. A woman's purse. With initials on it, M.W. M.W., Marcia Winters. Do you think the same thing happened to her, Mr. Valentine? Someone followed her here and hid out on the fire escape? No, no, I don't think so. She heard us talking. She knew we thought she was guilty. Oh, of course. Yeah, all right, Caleb, thanks a lot. Well, it's all right, Georgie. Call me if you need any help. Yeah, yeah, sure, Caleb. Say, how are you two at playing games? Games? At a time like this? Uh, Sonny, you be Sonny. I'll be George Valentine. And Claire, you be Mr. Winters. What? Now, Claire, step outside the office. Uh, give us a few minutes, then come in and say you expect to be murdered. Oh, I get it. You want to reenact the crime. <laughs> Smart boy. Okay, Claire, get going. First, I'm a second-story man, and now I'm an actress. I quit. Oh, come on, Claire. Be a good sport. Humor me. I said I quit. Yeah, well, we haven't got time now. You can quit tomorrow. Oh, all right. But you can think of the silliest thing. (laughs) Now what do we do, Mr. Valentine? Just exactly what we did when Mr. Winters first stepped into this office. Okay, Claire, come on in. I don't think she heard you. All right, Claire, we're ready. What's the matter with her? I'll get her. Claire, you can come in now. Claire, what? Where is she? Suffering cats. What a mess. Now my sister's disappeared. It's only natural, I guess, for the carpenter to build his own house a little stronger, for the cobbler to cut his own shoes a little more generously, 
for the farmer to select the juiciest apples for his own barrel. Frankly, that's one reason why you can count on a little something extra in the way of service when you stop at a home-owned Chevron gas station. You see, the Chevron dealer is building his own business. He's got a big stake in making you want to trade with him. That's why his smile's a little friendlier and his service a little more thorough. And, of course, he's offering your car the best climate-tailored Chevron Supreme gasoline and RPM compounded motor oil. It's only natural, too, for you to like doing business with a neighborly, conscientious kind of a fellow. So look up the Chevron dealer in your neighborhood. Remember, his Chevron gas station is home-owned. doesn't seem to have gotten very far in his solution of this case. First, a murdered man disappeared from right under his nose. Then the murdered man's wife mysteriously departed. And now his secretary has vanished into thin air. Are you just going to sit here in your office, Mr. Valentine? Aren't you going to do anything? She's my sister. She's the only sister I've got. Now, now, take it easy, Sonny. If I thought anything had happened to Claire, I'd be out searching every house in this town. Well, then where is she? Well, she couldn't take it, that's all. So she quit. Walked out on us. I can't say I blame her. That doesn't sound like Claire. Oh, Georgie. Yeah, Caleb. Well, you haven't had your dinner yet. Don't you think you better go out and get yourself something to eat? Oh, not now, Caleb. Well, you could leave by the fire escape. The fire escape? Uh-huh. Police car just stopped in front. Oh, suffering cats, the police. Get yourself a nice steak. Yeah, that's just what I'll do. Come on, Sonny. Uh, get down there and stall them, Caleb. Oh, I intend to. Now, you take your time and digest your dinner good. You hear me? Oh, sure, sure. Let's go, Sonny. The fire escape. Oh, and Sonny. Yeah, Mr. Valentine? Better bring Mrs. Winter's purse along with you. Excuse me, Mr. Valentine, but aren't you going to stop and get something to eat? That's the trouble with women. As soon as the going gets a little tough, they walk out on you. Didn't you promise Caleb you'd get yourself a steak? Boy, a big, beautiful steak. But you're certainly right, Sonny. She is. She is, sir? Much prettier than you. Mr. Valentine, if we're not going to eat, we can't just drive around all night. We've got to find out who murdered Mr. Winters and what they did with his body and where Mrs. Winters disappeared to and what happened to Claire. Isn't that right, sir? And she's very intelligent. That is, for a woman. Mr. Valentine. Hmm? Oh, Okay, Sonny, look at the address on that letter. What letter, sir? The one in Mrs. Winter's purse. Is there a letter in here? Well, didn't you notice it when Claire opened the purse? No, sir. Oh, oh, here it is. It's addressed to Mrs. Marcia Winters, 300 Pepper Tree Lane, Cedarhurst. Hey, that's in the country. Yeah, they must have a country place, too. Cedarhurst. Yeah, that's out on Highway 6, right near... Hey, we're on Highway 6. We're headed towards Cedarhurst now. <laughs> Oh, brilliant deduction, Sonny. I'll increase your ration of bubble gum. Oh, I filled her up, sir. Oil, water. No, thanks. Uh, wash your windshield. No, don't bother. I washed it once and couldn't do a thing with it. Don't get many customers around here at night. Pretty deserted road. Oh, that's all? I'll bet we're the first car you've seen this evening. That's right. Oh, uh, except for that cab. Cab with a woman in it? But, uh, 
Uh, now, how'd you guess? Hey, I'll bet it was Mrs. Winters. Hang on, Sonny. We're getting warm. Careful, don't make any noise. There's a light inside the cabin. Uh-huh. And a woman. See her moving around? Oh, yeah. I can make out her shadow now. All right, Sonny, you stay out here. Oh, Mr. Valentine. Sorry, Sonny, but there may be trouble, and I can't let anything happen to you. Yeah, but I'm in this with you. Don't you remember? I was going to look out for you. Yeah, but you may need me jeepers, Mr. Valentine. All right, Sonny, you win. But stick close to me, understand? Yes, sir. Are we going to just walk right in? No, no, of course not. That's no fun. What would they do in a mystery show? They'd climb in a window. <laughs> then we'll climb in a window. Mr. Valentine, she turned off the light. Uh, shall I go in first? No. Are you getting back of me? Let me handle this. Yes, sir. Now take it easy, Sonny. I'm okay. I've got her. Let go. No, you don't. You'll stay right here. You're hurting Turn me. the light on, Sonny. Yes, sir. Let's see what we've bagged. Claire. Well, well, well. If it isn't second story, Clarissa. Did you have to be so rough? I'll bet you cracked two ribs. Sorry, I don't know my own strength. Well, now that you see who I am, you don't have to keep on holding me. No, but it's fun. Claire, what are you doing here? Oh, well, she saw the address on the letter, so she decided to follow the clue. Yeah, but why didn't she let us in on it? Because she thought I was a dope, Sonny, so she took over. You know all the answers, don't you? Not quite. What happened when you got here? Nothing. The place looked deserted. I crawled in the window, too. No one here? I couldn't see anyone. Are you sure? Of course. Well, I've had the strangest feeling. Yeah? As though someone's been watching me. Uh-huh. Um, stay here with Sonny. I'll, uh, have a look around. Suffering catfish, you sure had me scared. Oh, I'm sorry, Sonny, but Mr. Valentine didn't seem to be making any effort to solve the case. Yeah, don't kid yourself. He just keeps things to himself. Well, everything seems to be in apple pie order. Hey, listen. Uh-oh, Sonny, Claire, stand back there in the corner. I'll cover the door. Oh, be careful, Mr. Valentine. Do I detect concern in your voice? Well... I don't want to see you get shot right in front of me. Oh, then close your eyes. Well, good evening, Mrs. Winters. Oh. May I present my two assistants, Claire and Sonny Brooks? How did you know I'd be here? What do you want? Just want to make talk. Mr. Valentine, you've got to believe me. I'm not like the woman in his story. I love Jonathan. Uh-huh. And you're the girl who never reads his manuscripts until they're finished. Well, I... <laughs> Oh, go ahead and turn me over to the police. I don't care what happens anymore. That's as good as a confession, Mr. Valentine. Well, I'm in no mood for confessions. Come on, we're going to play a little game. Oh, not again. Uh, hey, Sonny, you keep your eye on Mrs. Winters. Don't let her leave. Don't worry, I won't try to run away. All right, Claire, you're the wife in the lost corpse. More acting? I quit. Yeah, tomorrow. Now then, I'll be the husband in Mr. Winters' story. And uh, here are some lines for you to read, Claire. You came all prepared, didn't you? Is this stuff that you wrote, Mr. Valentine? Well, of course. I'm a man of many talents. Uh, now then, let's see. Oh, we'll skip to the part where I walk in, wounded, and say, uh, you thought you'd kill me, but I'm not dead yet. All set? All right, let's go. 
You thought you killed me, but I'm not dead yet. No, no. I didn't shoot you. I swear I didn't. But who'll believe you? The police? All clues point to you. Do you mean... Yes, my dear. You wanted me out of the way. Well, you got your wish. I shot myself. No, no. I killed myself, but they'll think you're guilty. You'll pay for it. I'll get a doctor. Too late. Too late. Goodbye, my dear. Goodbye. Then I die. What a performance. I don't get it, Mr. Valentine. You wrote this ending for his story, is that it? Sure, of course. What's a story without an ending? I'll tell you what Mr. Valentine is getting at. He's trying to prove that my husband shot himself. Shot himself in such a way that it would look as though I murdered him. Why would Jonathan do such a thing? He knew I loved him. You don't have to put on an act for us, Mrs. Winders. Yeah, why don't you turn her over to the police? Now, just keep your shirt on, Sonny. And everybody stand where you are. Don't make a move. Understand? What are you going to do? You'll see. Mr. Valentine, why are you opening that door? We're going to have some company. Company? Then somebody is hiding here. Okay, you can come on now. Who are you calling? Hey, you mean the police are here? The police? You've set a trap for me. Come on out, Mr. Winters. Huh? Mr. Winters? How did you know I was hiding in there? Jonathan. <laughs> well, how'd you like my way of ending your story, Mr. Winters? Oh, I was very clever, Mr. Valentine. Jonathan, you're not hurt. You weren't shot. I'm terribly sorry you were worried, darling. Hey, I don't get this. Well, Mr. Winters couldn't find an ending for his story, The Lost Corpse. But how did you know that? Searched his waste paper basket, found it full of rejected That's endings. quite right. Finally, I decided to do just what the hero in my book did. So I went to Mr. Valentine. You see, I saw his ad in the paper. Said he could solve anything. Then when he tried to go home and explain to you, Mrs. Winters, he saw the police there. So he came out here to hide. Right, Mr. Winters? Uh, absolutely right. I knew I'd find him here. Then when I searched this cabin, I saw him hiding in the closet. Why didn't you say something? Oh, uh, I wanted to sort of put on a show for him. Oh, Jonathan. Oh, forgive me, darling. <laughs> oh, come on, kids. They don't need an audience. Oh, no, wait a minute, Mr. Valentine. Uh, I've got the ending to my story, thanks to you. And with all that publicity in the papers, it's sure to have a big sale. So, uh, name your fee. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know, Mr. Winners. I... <laughs> I hadn't really thought about it. I saying even a thousand. A thousand dollars? A thousand? Oh, a thousand? Oh, I'll send you a check in the morning. Oh, no <laughs> hurry, no hurry, no hurry. I I just happened to have a pen and a blank check with me, though. As a matter of fact, here it is all made out. Just needs your signature, Mr. Winters. Huh? <laughs> oh, yes, well, certainly, of yes. course. <laughs> Cats, a thousand bucks. Hey, there you are. Oh, thanks, thanks. Well, let's go, kids. Good night, Mr. Winters, and, uh... If you ever get stuck again... I remember. <laughs> Good night. Oh, what a day. Now I feel like collapsing. Sonny, come here and put your arm around me. Oh, sure, sis. Go away, Sonny. <laughs> Let George do it. Your neighborhood Chevron dealer asked me to pass along this touring tip to you folks taking weekend trips this fall. He wants me to remind you that a Chevron credit card makes a mighty handy traveling companion. If you don't have one, you can apply at any Chevron gas station. If you do have one and haven't been using it, don't forget these credit card advantages. First, they help conserve your travel cash. You can charge most of your car expenses. Second... They're good everywhere in the U.S., and Canada, too. Third, they wrap up all car expenses into one convenient monthly bundle. Chevron credit cards are good at home-owned Chevron gas stations all over the West. So watch for those cream green and burgundy stations on the road this weekend, and use your Chevron credit card. 
Well, next week, a former army buddy comes to George Valentine with a very delicate problem. George, I'm desperate. You're my only bet. You're the only one who can help me. Now, relax, Tommy. You came to the right man. What can I do for well, you? Well, I've got to go out of town to look for a job. And what I want to know is, in case I don't get back in time, will you have my baby for me? Chevron Gas Stations all through the West invite you to be with us again next week for another chapter of Let George Do It, brought to you by the makers of Chevron Supreme Gasoline and RPM Motor Oil. Let George Do It, starring Robert Bailey as George, with Francis Robinson as Claire and Eddie Firestone Jr. as Sonny, is written by Pauline Hopkins, produced and directed by Owen Vincent. Others in the cast were Joe Kearns as Caleb, Rena Craig as Mrs. Winters, Howard McNear as Mr. Winters, and Horace Murphy as the filling station attendant. The music was composed and conducted by Charles Dant. Your announcer, John Heaston. Listen again next week, same time, same station, to... Let George do it! This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System. Our neighborhood Chevron gas station invites you to Let George Do It. Brought to you by the makers of Chevron Supreme Gasoline and RPM Motor Oil. George Valentine. Yes, George Valentine, fresh out of uniform and eager to put his many talents to work, as well as to earn a living, ran an ad in the local paper. Do you have a crime that needs solving? Do you uh, have a dog that needs walking? Have you a wife that needs spanking? Let George do it. His ad attracted several clients, some who paid him a fee and some who paid him nothing. His secretary, Claire Brooks, worries about the mounting pile of bills. But George, as he sits in his office with his feet on his desk, is occupied with more important matters. Claire, I wonder, do you think I could find any sardines? Oh, I'll send Sonny out. Sardine on rye? Oh, no, no, not a sandwich. Bait. Bait? What do you want to catch? A fish. Mr. Valentine, you can't afford a fishing trip. Yeah, but if I get a client before Friday, a nice, simple case, you know, somebody wants me to find their uncle or lose their mother-in-law, just a few quick bucks and I'm on my way. You can't afford a fishing trip. <sighs> I'm sitting back in the rowboat. I haven't a care in the world. Just soaking up the sun. All of a sudden, wham! Then another wham. Mr. Valentine. I got a bite. What is it, Sonny? Yes, Sonny, what is it? Halibut, swordfish, yellowtail? Mrs. Harrington. Isabel Harrington. James Harrington's wife. There, you see, I did catch my fish. I told you, sardine's the best bait in the world. Hey, sis, is he feeling all right? It's normal for him. Send her in, Sonny. Okay. Now, remember, Mr. Valentine, she's the Mrs. Harrington. Yeah, I got you. Oh, Mr. Valentine. Oh, come in, Mrs. Harrington. <laughs> come right on oh, in. Oh, oh uh, sit here. You'll be more comfortable. Thank you, thank you. Uh-huh. This is my secretary, Claire Brooks. But don't let her upset you. She oh. knows all the skeletons intimately. Oh, how charming. Uh, Mr. Valentine, I, I've been trying to get up enough nerve to come here. Well, you just go right ahead and open up and talk. Nothing goes out of this office. And nothing comes in. 
Oh, uh, I, I, I'm afraid it's someone, someone close to me. They get into trouble. Oh, Mr. Valentine, I want you to watch that person every minute of the day. Do you understand? Well, now, wait a minute. Uh, what kind of trouble? Well, you see... Oh, it's so humiliating. This person uh, picks up things. Picks up? Mm -hmm. Oh, a kleptomaniac. Oh, Mr. Valentine, I can't go on. Oh, no, Mrs. Harrington. Oh, no, 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 please. Later. Uh, have lunch with me. Two o'clock at the Savoy. Oh, but Mrs. Harrington... Please, be there. <laughs> a kleptomaniac, eh? Must be her husband. Her husband? Mr. Valentine. Yes? Don't look now, but your fountain pen is missing. Well, look, Mrs. Harrington, the food is fine and the company excellent, but uh, <laughs> what do you say we get down to cases? Uh -huh. Give me back my fountain pen. Your, your fountain pen? Look in your purse, Mrs. Harrington. Oh. Oh, then you know everything. Well, I'll be quite frank. I'm under a doctor's care. He expects to cure me in a month or two, but meanwhile, my husband is running for alderman. Oh, I see. Uh, does your husband know that you uh, pick up things? Oh, no. Oh, no. And you must never find out. Oh, please, please promise Oh, don't me. worry, Mrs. Harrington. You see, Melvin Gordon is running against my husband. You know Mr. Gordon. Gordon's department store, Mr. Valentine. Oh, yes, yes. Well, just forget about it, Mrs. Harrington. The election is tomorrow... And I'll stay with you until your husband's elected alderman. Oh, Mr. Valentine, if you'll protect me for myself, I'll pay you well. I promise. Oh, well, we'll discuss that later. Now, suppose you run along home, and I'll be there this afternoon. Oh, that's wonderful. I have a little shopping to attend to, and then I'll go straight home. Oh, good. That's fine. See you later. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Well, how about that, Claire? I'm going home and pack my rod and reel. Mr. Valentine. Oh, I can just taste those fish. Mr. Valentine, <laughs> she went shopping. Yeah, I know she did. She... Shopping? Claire, let's get out of here. Why come here? What makes you think she shops in Gordon's department store? Because she'd be in most danger here. You heard her. Gordon is running against her husband for alderman. Still, I... Mr. Valentine. Where? There. Hmm? Compact. Compact? Straight ahead. Oh... What's she got in her hand? Gold compact. Uh-huh. With stone. How much? About $50. Oh. Oh. Did you see that? In her pocket. Come on. What are you going to do? Well, you, you look at compacts and stay close to me. You got it? But, Mr. Valentine... Shh, do as I say. Oh, all right. Well, hello there, Mrs. Harrington. Oh, Mr. Valentine. <laughs> yes, a lovely store, isn't it? Oh. Yes, I've often told Mr. Gordon that he can be proud. I, um, <laughs> beg your pardon, madam, but may I have that compact? A compact? What compact? The one you were looking at, madam. Oh. Oh, well, uh, I decided against it, miss. Oh, that's quite all right, madam. But where is it? Why, I put it back on the counter, of course. It isn't on the counter. Oh, well, uh, now, young lady, I, I distinctly saw Mrs. Harrington put it back on the counter. Oh, yes. Yes. I said hello to her. She put the compact down, and All then... I know is it isn't here. I think I ought to call the store detective. Oh, oh no, no, don't do that. He'll take you upstairs to have a little talk with Mr. Gordon. Mr. Gordon? No, no, wait a minute. The I... compact isn't here, mister. Oh, well, uh, well, why not search that young lady there? What? Who, me? Yeah, look in her pocket. Why, you... Did you... Oh, it is in my pocket. Well, come on, miss. Mr. Gordon will want to talk to you. Mrs. Harrington, go home. 
beat it. Oh, yes, 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 I will. Come on, miss, this way. And don't make any trouble. No, no, miss, don't make any trouble. Why, you, you... Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> You're wasting your time, young man. But, Mr. There Gordon... too many things disappearing from my store. I'm going to make an example of this young woman, and I can't be talked out of it. Now, you get that? Uh, uh, Mr. Gordon, are you married? Uh, I certainly am. Then you have a wife? I certainly do. Mr. Gordon, do you love your wife? Is the door closed? Yes. I love my wife. <laughs> then... Then you must know how I feel. Well, that this uh, girl is your wife? Mr. Gordon, don't listen it's, to him. It's all right, Claire. In spite of everything you've done, I'm not ashamed Oh. Look, Mr. Gordon, here's $50 for the compact. Does that cover it? No, no, no I, I guess so. Oh, I, I promise you, it'll never happen again. No, all right, take her home. Oh, thanks, Mr. Gordon. Darling, thank him. Let me out of here. Yes, darling, of course. Goodbye, Mr. Gordon. Uh, good luck, young man. Oh, Clara, listen. I hate you. It was the dirtiest trick you've ever played on me, and I hate you. You'll never get a chance to play another trick because I quit, understand? Oh, well, I definitely quit, but I definitely hate you. Oh, Claire, honey. <laughs> now, look, you like your job. I know you do. Now, forget it, darling. It's just part of the game. <laughs> now, come on. Wipe your eyes and powder your nose. Here, use the compact. And just to show you the kind of a man I am, you can keep it. Now we go back to the office, and then I'll go to the Harrington's. Don't think I'm going to forget this in a hurry, Mr. Valentine. I'll be a good girl, and I'll bring you back a halibut. Someone's trying to attract your attention in that car. Mr. Valentine! Oh, it's Mrs. Harrington. Mrs. Harrington, I told you to go home. Well, I'm going now, Mr. Valentine. I was worried about Miss Brooks. Oh, well, everything's fine. Oh, you were superb, Mr. Valentine. And whatever my bill will be, I want you to double it. Well, thanks a lot. Now go on home. I'll be expecting you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don't laugh, Mr. Valentine. Maybe you don't believe in a woman's instinct, but I wish you'd drop this case. I have a feeling that... Mr. Valentine, what are you doing with that fur scarf? She did it again. A silver fox. Claire, think. Was she wearing a silver fox when we had lunch with her or while she was shopping? Oh, no, I couldn't have missed it. I noticed it in the car just now while we were talking to her. She must have picked it up when we were with Gordon. A silver fox. Oh, call her back, Mr. Valentine. Make her take care of it. Well, now, don't get excited. Why should I worry a good client? But, Mr. Valentine, I have a feeling... Will you forget that you're a woman and that you've got an instinct? Come on, we'll go back to the office. With the silver fox? With the silver fox. Come on. Oh, all right, but I've got a feeling. Oh, my feet are killing me. The least you could have done was to hail a cab. I just put out 50 bucks for that compact. Only one more block. Mr. Valentine? It's sunny. Well, why did you leave the office? I've been looking all over for you, What's two. up? Mrs. Harrington phoned. Yeah? She says when you go out to her house this evening, don't worry if you bump into a cop. A cop? It seems that last year on her birthday, her husband gave her an animal to drape around her neck, and somebody stole it this afternoon out of her car. Say that again, Sonny, and slowly. Somebody stole her first scarf. It was a silver fox, black, with... Hey! 
Hey, like that. You've got it. Yep, I've got it. Mr. Valentine, what are you going to do with it? Take it to Mrs. Harrington. Oh, but there might be a cop around her house. Well, I'll, I'll sneak by him. I'll find a cab and we'll go right out there. Here, Claire. What? Meanwhile, wear it around your neck. No, thank you. I'm not wearing any hot fox. It's not fashionable this season. Then here, Sonny, wind it around your head. Huh? You know, like Daniel Boone. I don't want to be Daniel Boone. Then be Buffalo Bill. I don't want to be Buffalo Bill. Sonny! I want to be Van Johnson. Never mind, I'll stuff it inside my shirt. Mr. Valentine, I've got a feeling... Sweetheart, shut up, will you? Here comes a cab. Hey, taxi, taxi! Mr. Valentine, wait! Taxi, come on! It's a police car! Uh Uh-oh. Jeepers. Can I do something for you, sir? Oh, (laughs) I I, I beg your pardon, officer. I I thought I was hailing a taxi. Oh, that's quite all right, sir. Very understandable. Can I give you a lift? Oh, no, no, no. I I wouldn't think of troubling you. No trouble, no trouble at all. Step right in, sir. Oh, no, officer. I I just can't let you do it, but thanks anyway. Goodbye. Uh, Would you mind telling me your name? My name? Uh, Valentine. George Valentine. Uh, Mr. Valentine, pardon me for mentioning it, but... uh... What is that sticking out of your shirt? My shirt? Oh, uh, you, you mean my, my, my pet? Yeah, my pet. I always carry him close to me. Pet? Pet what? Well, it's your, your gopher. That's it. My pet gopher. <laughs> Strange. First time I ever saw a gopher is polyphemous with a bushy tail. Gopher is polyphemous? Gopher. Oh, oh, oh yes. <laughs> it's a gopher. <laughs> With a bushy tails? Oh, uh, well, uh, you see, this is a funny sort of gopher. It, it, it's got a little squirrel in it. <laughs> I'm sorry to contradict you, sir. Not squirrel. Vulpus fulvus. Vulpus fulvus? <laughs> fox. Silver fox. Hop in, Mr. Valentine. But, officer... And there's plenty of room, so bring your friends with you. <laughs> How will George talk himself out of this predicament? And while George is pondering his problem, I'll take just a moment to tell you what occurred to me as I was driving to the studio this afternoon. I was thinking that every Chevron gas station should wear a sign reading, Local Boy Makes Good. For these cream green and burgundy Chevron stations, you know, are home-owned. Generally, the Chevron dealer is a fellow who worked hard and in many cases learned the business from the ground up before he branched out for himself. Now he runs his own Chevron gas station, and you can bet your bottom dollar he's going to hustle to make a tick. That, of course, explains why the service is cheerful and willing and competent at Chevron gas stations. I'd like to see you get acquainted with the Chevron dealer in your neighborhood. You'll find that he's a nice fellow and mighty glad to help you out any time. He gives your car the best, too, climate-tailored Chevron Supreme gasoline and RPM-compounded motor oil. Drop in at a Chevron gas station this weekend and see... Remember, your Chevron credit card is good as gold with any Chevron dealer. Well, it looks as if George is really in a jam this time, and with the law, too. Right now, George, Claire, and Sonny are cruising along in a squad car. The officer is their chauffeur. I tell you, you're making a big mistake, officer. Maybe so, sir, but they told me at the station to be on the lookout for a vulpus fulvus, hmm. silver fox. May I congratulate you on your vocabulary, officer? <laughs> Thank you very much. And may I congratulate you on your punctitude. What'd you say she was? 
Cute. Oh, oh. Now, uh, take the glove compartment in my car. Now, most people would keep cigarettes in there. What would you keep in it? Maps. Lipstick. Bicarbonate of soda. Well, I got it filled with books. You know, books. Pocket edition. Oh, look, officer, if you'll just take us to Mrs. Harrington. She's very absent-minded. She forgot that she asked me to take care of her silver fox. I'm sorry, sir, but I'm taking you to the station. Cheapers, officer, give us a break. I'm sorry, son. I'm taking you to the station. Officer. Hmm? Now, officer. Okay, I'll take you to the Harringtons. There doesn't seem to be anyone at home. I know Mrs. Harrington is home. I told her to stay home. Wait a minute. There's someone coming. Now, uh, if you don't mind, I'll handle this in my own way. Yes? Oh! Oh, what's wrong? Mrs. Harrington. I said I'd handle this. Mrs. Harrington, may we please come in? Uh, yes, yes, of course. But, yeah, uh... Thank you. Mrs. Harrington, it's about your vulpus falvus. Oh, there, there must be some mistake, officer. There's no one here by that name. He means your silver fox. Oh, oh. oh uh, the, the servants are out. Uh, I'll have to answer the phone. Uh, go right ahead, Mrs. Harrington. And maybe I shouldn't mention this, but she doesn't appear to be a close friend of yours, Mr. Valentine. Well, you didn't give her a chance to say anything. Well, uh, oh, there's a policeman in my house now, Captain well, you see, uh, Oh, uh, Captain Moore, uh, let me talk to him, Mrs. Harrington. Uh, hello? Uh, this is Flint speaking. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Flint. Mr. Valentine, what's wrong? Get this, Mrs. Harrington. Yes, I have your scarf. I took it out of your car. Why? Well, I, I thought it was something you'd picked up. Oh, good heavens. Well, I captured somebody already, Captain. Now, it'll be all right. Just tell yes. the officer that I'm a good friend of yours. Yeah, he has it on him. Only my husband stays yes, upstairs. What's he got to do with it? Well, I, I forgot to tell you. You see, my husband is very jealous. Oh, great. Uh, thank you, Captain. Au revoir! <laughs> now then, uh, Mrs. Harrington. Is this man a dear friend of yours? Well, you see, I... Yeah, uh, please, Mrs. Harrington, just answer the question. Oh. Is this man a dear friend of yours? Is who a uh, dear friend of hers? Oh, oh, James, uh, uh, officer, uh, this is my husband, Mr. Harrington. Isabel, the officer asked you a question. Yes. I caught him with the silver fox, Mr. Harrington. Here it is. Just a moment, officer. Isabel, is this man a dear friend of yours? Why? Yes? Why? Yes? Uh, why, I never saw him before in my life. Oh, gee, is it... Take them away, officer. We'll be down later to prefer charges. Thank you, sir. Sorry to have bothered you, Mrs. Harrington. But, officer... Honey, be quiet. Come on. Let's go. Officer, will you please listen to me? Once and for all, Mr. Valentine, I'm taking you to the station. But if you just give me... Now, don't try to talk your way out of it, Mr. Valentine. He's got you with the goods. Claire. A compact or a fair scarf, what's the difference? After all, we've got to protect our client, haven't we? So forget it, darling. It's just part of the game. Claire. When do they allow visitors, officer? Usually Monday. Then I'll see you Monday, Mr. Valentine. Oh, and I'll bring you a halibut. Go ahead. Rub it in. Goodbye, Mr. Valentine. Take care of him, officer. Sonny, say goodbye to him. Uh, just a minute, uh, miss. <laughs> I'm sorry to be disagreeable, but I found all three of you together. Therefore, I'm turning all three of you in together. <laughs> Now, come along, if you please. Jailbirds. 
Cut it out, will you, Sonny? Jailbirds behind bars. Well, we're just being detained until Mr. and Mrs. Harrington get here. Yeah, then they'll put us away for good. What do you suppose they did to my sister? Poor Claire, she... Poor Claire, my eye. She was glad it happened. Well, if she saw me now, she'd probably laugh out loud. <laughs> Claire! Claire, where are you? I'm your next-door neighbor. Could I borrow a cup of sugar? Well, why didn't you tell us you were there? I wanted to listen to you, Mr. Valentine. Call me George. This is no time to be formal. I thought maybe I'd hear you say you were sorry. That shows what a little fool I am. Oh, well, Claire, listen. I'd give my right arm to have avoided this. I don't want your right arm. Just once I'd like to hear you say it. I'm sorry. Well, Claire, I... I... Take your time. You've probably got five years. Well, look... I'll tell him you two had nothing to do with this. And when you're out of here, if you're smart, you'll never see me again. You'll, you'll have nothing more to do with me. Will you promise? No. Claire. I'd miss you. Oh, hey. You do like me, don't you? Oh, I guess I do. Then why didn't you smile at that copy to let us go? Oh, now it's my fault. Everybody all right? Everybody healthy and happy? Oh, sure. Just one big happy family. <laughs> hey, he's unlocking our cell. Uh, just a minute, miss. I'll have you out, too. Where are you going to take us, officer? Just follow me, if you please. Mr. Valentine, maybe it's an electric chair. Now, take it easy, sir. And Mrs. Harrington is here. With Mr. Harrington? No, no, she's alone. A uh, most intelligent woman, Mrs. Harrington. She's looking at my books. She's very interested in them. Then you better lock him up. What? Just a joke. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> here they are, Mrs. Harrington. Oh, Mr. Valentine, will you ever be able to forgive me? That depends. I was just telling Officer Flynn how absent-minded I am. I remember it all now. I was standing on the street yeah, and... Yeah, well, you don't have to explain, Mrs. Harrington. You're not going to prefer charges against these people, are you? Oh, no. No, <laughs> no of course not. No. <laughs> Preposterous. Uh, then they're discharged. We're free. Uh, very sorry to have bothered you, miss. Oh, that's all right. Goodbye, officer. Uh, goodbye, sir. See you again sometime. I hope not. <laughs> goodbye, officer. Uh, goodbye, miss. You will always remember a glistening pearl in my treasure box of memories. <sighs> Fresh air. Uh, Mr. Valentine, whatever my bill will be, I, I want you to double it. What did you tell your husband? Just what I told the officer. Okay, now you're going home. And I'll stay there until the election is over tomorrow. I know, we'll see to that. We're going with you. What? All of us? Yep, all of us. That's the only way we can keep her out of trouble. Come on, Mrs. Harrington, let's go home. George. I thought I told you to stay with Mrs. Harrington. Sonny's with her, they're having breakfast. George, I'm bored. Oh, now forget it, will you? It'll soon be over. George, I'm bored. Oh, now, come on, Claire. Cheer up. Let's have a big smile. I don't feel like smiling. Well, put some lipstick on. You'll feel better. I guess I could stand a little. All this hang hanging around... Oh. What's the matter? She did it again. My lipstick's gone. Oh, well, never mind. I'll buy you another one. Mr. Valentine... Okay, if I run out and buy a magazine? Sonny, you were left in charge of Mrs. Harrington. Yeah, but Mr. Valentine... When you're left in charge, you're supposed to stay with her, understand? Yeah, but Mr. Valentine... Wherever she goes, you follow her. Well, but I can't follow her everywhere. Oh. Well, all right. What time is it? My watch is always fast. Oh, mine keeps perfect time. It's exactly... Hey! Hey! Now what? I know I was wearing my watch. 
Oh, never mind. I'll buy you another one. Mr. Valentine! Mr. Valentine! Now, take it easy, Mrs. Harrington. What's wrong? I was looking through my closet, and I found this. My silver fox. Well, of course. Don't you remember? I have. Oh, I don't mean that one. I mean this one. This one? Oh, don't you understand? There are two silver foxes in my closet. Suffering Mr. cat. Mr. Valentine. You were right all along. Oh, I must have picked it up. Yeah, well, now, don't go to pieces. We haven't time for hysterics. But that's not all. Mr. Gordon just phoned. He wants to see me immediately. Oh, Mr. Valentine. All right, Mrs. Harrington. Give me that silver fox. I'll handle Gordon. I knew all along Mrs. Harrington was guilty. After she shopped, something always disappeared. Will you please calm down, Mr. Gordon? I brought back the silver fox. You can keep it. Now, be reasonable. Look, when things disappear, you, you charge them to Mrs. Harrington's account, don't you? What's that got to do with Harrington's running against me for alderman. There's still time to get a story in this afternoon's paper. What do you think his chances will be then? It'd be a dirty trick, Mr. Gordon. Uh, look, Valentine, just between us, uh, Harrington's the best man. He should be alderman. But if I'm made alderman, my wife will think I'm wonderful. You'd wreck Mr. Harrington just to make your wife think you're wonderful. You bet I would. Darling. Mildred, sweetheart, come in. Oh, sweetheart, this is Mr. Valentine and my wife, Miss Scott. How do you do? Hello. Well, darling. Well, darling. Is that all you have to say? Hmm? Oh, you look wonderful, sweetheart. I knew it. I'll never forgive you. Mildred, angel. Of course, a great big executive like you, so busy running a store and running for alderman, you haven't time to remember a little thing like a birthday, have you? <laughs> birthday? Oh, Mildred, now, now sweetheart. I, oh, I uh, should have known. Oh, well, uh, pardon uh, me for cutting in, Mrs. Gordon, but I can't keep my mouth shut. I, I know it's supposed to be a surprise, too. A surprise? <laughs> a surprise? He didn't forget your birthday, Mrs. Gordon. He didn't. I didn't? I mean, I didn't. Here you are. I just helped him select it for you. A silver fox. Oh, darling. Oh, I'm going to give you a great big kiss. <laughs> well, I'll run along. That is, uh, unless you have something else to discuss, Mr. Gordon? Uh, oh, no. No, <laughs> not a thing. Good, good. Happy birthday, Mrs. Gordon. I hope you'll enjoy the vulpus fulvus. <laughs> I come back to the office, Mr. Valentine. Well, after hanging around Mrs. Harrington for the last couple of days, I just wanted to be sure the office was still here. Well, we ought to go out and celebrate. After all, Mr. Harrington's an alderman. Okay, Sonny. Run out and buy a bucket of black coffee. And a box of aspirin. Some celebration. Go on, beat it. Okay. Well, I suppose I should congratulate you, Mr. Valentine. Well, she hasn't paid me yet. Hey, Mr. Valentine, Mr. and Mrs. Harrington are here. Oh, no. All right, send them in. Mr. Valentine, you're through with the case, understand? But, Claire, Either suppo- that or you're through with me. You see, Isabel, I told you he'd be here. You were right, James. Mr. Valentine, my wife has told me everything. Everything? Oh, everything, yes. I-, I simply had to. I'm glad you did, Mrs. Harrington. We came to thank you for all that you've done for us, Mr. Valentine. And whatever the bill will be, I want you to double it. Oh, well, thanks a lot. Send it to my office. Oh, no need to bother you. Oh, it's no bother. Well, I mean, mailing and all that. If you happen to have your checkbook with you. Mm, checkbook? No hurry, you understand, but uh, if you want to sit right here at my desk... Oh, well... Uh... <laughs> here you are. Here's a pen. Oh, thanks. Uh, we uh, just came from my doctor. He thinks I'm cured. Really, Mrs. Hyde? Oh, yes, my dear. Uh, this last experience, I mean, James' career at stake and all. Oh, it was such a shock... Well, it, it brought me back to Earth again. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Here you are, Mr. Valentine. That's okay. Oh, thank you. 
Oh, thank you, Mr. Harrington. Well, I'm the one who's indebted. You'll come to see me, Miss Brooks? Of course, Mrs. Harrington. And you too, Mr. Valentine. Yep, you bet. Come, Isabel. <laughs> yes, James. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mrs. Harrington. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs> well, Claire, I'm on my way. I'll pick up a can of sardines and my fishing tackle. See you Monday. How much, Mr. Valentine? $1,000. What? $1,000? Oh, I don't believe it. Well, then see for yourself. The check's right there. Where? I don't see it. Well, I distinctly remember. Put it right under that paperweight, you see? No. Well, go ahead and look. It's right under this. It's right. It. Mr. Valentine. Oh, no. She did it again. George will be back in a moment. Meanwhile, a friend of mine owns the Chevron gas station down the street... And he was telling me a story the other day. It seems a chap he knew came in when they were putting my friend's name on the canopy of his home-owned station. Looks pretty nice, commented the chap. It certainly shows folks that you're the boss here. Not on your life, explained my friend. It means that they are the boss here. Well, the motorist didn't get it, so the Chevron dealer went on. The new sign and the cream green and burgundy color scheme, he said, are simply to make it plain that I run my own station. Since I'm in business for myself... How well I get along depends pretty much on how well I treat my customers. And that makes the customers strictly the boss at my Chevron gas station. Well, my friend might have said at all Chevron gas stations. Because the friendliness, the cheerful, expert service you run into at Chevron gas stations is the best way any Chevron dealer has of making his home-owned business useful to you and to the community. <laughs> Well, next week, George Valentine goes on a picnic. But instead of being bothered with the usual things, like ants and rain, he has a new experience. You'll probably hear him saying something like this. Wow, what was that? Who hit me? Somebody threw a shoe at you, Mr. Valentine. It came from that house. Wow, a lady's slipper. Hey, and a note with it. Let me see. It says, I am being held prisoner in this house. Please save me. Hey, it's written in lipstick. Orange lipstick. Must be a blonde. See you later. Chevron Gas Stations all through the West invite you to be with us again next week for another chapter of Let George Do It, brought to you by the makers of Chevron Supreme Gasoline. Let George Do It, starring Robert Bailey as George, with Francis Robinson as Claire, and Eddie Firestone Jr. as Sonny, is written by Pauline Hopkins, produced and directed by Owen Vinson. Others in the cast were Sarah Selby as Mrs. Harrington, Stanley Waxman as Mr. Harrington, Joe Gilbert as Mildred, Herbert Butterfield as Mr. Gordon, Ed Max as the officer, and Margaret Brayton as the sales girl. The music was composed and conducted by Charles Dant. Your announcer, John Heaston. Listen again next week, same time, same station, to Let George Do It. This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Your neighborhood Chevron gas station invites you to... Let George Do It. Brought to you by the makers of Chevron Supreme Gasoline and RPM Motor Oil. That needs solving? Have a dog that needs walking? Have a wife that needs spanking? Let George do it. George Valentine put that ad in the paper, opened an office, and waited for the clients to pour in. He was mildly successful, but for the past few days, nobody has entered his office except his secretary, Claire, and her brother, Sonny, his self-appointed assistant. Not one to worry, George has decided that they need some relaxation. Now we find them driving in the country looking for a place to picnic. Here? Not enough trees. Keep going, Mr. Valentine. Claire, I'm starved. I want this picnic to be perfect. We must have just the right spot. Oh. Here? Too flat. I want a hill. Keep going. Don't listen to her, Mr. Valentine, or we'll die a horrible death. Imagine the irony. They'll look in the car and see a picnic basket. Fried chicken, potato salad, deviled eggs, and three emaciated bodies. How about here? There's no stream of water. Keep going. Oh, Mr. Oh. Valentine, I'm in agony. After all, I'm still a growing boy. How can I grow when nobody feeds me? Why are you stopping? Because we're going to have our picnic right here. All right, last stop. Everybody out. Mr. Valentine, you can't be serious. Picnic in somebody's front yard? Well, why not? There are trees, grass, a hill. And if you want a stream of water, just ring their doorbell and tell them you're thirsty. I think it's a swell idea. I won't get out of the car. Well, suit yourself. Hand me the basket, Sonny. You bet. Mr. Valentine, I promise. We'll stop at the very next place that looks good. There's nothing wrong with this spot. I like it. But it's private property. We'll be chased off. The place is deserted, didn't you notice, Claire? It's all boarded up. Nobody home. The perfect spot for a picnic. Chicken legs, Sonny. Wait a minute. I fixed that lunch. Well, then come on and join us. And if you behave yourself, I... I may even let you sit next to me. Oh, give me that basket. I'll sit. All right, then snap into it. All right. Nick? Not on an empty stomach. Mr. Valentine. Care for wings? Make that two wings and you made a sale. There's nothing I like better than chicken wings. You know, when I was a kid, I... Ow! What's the matter? Hey, somebody hit me. Come on now, which one of you is guilty? Who hit me? I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, look. Somebody threw a shoe at you. I told you we shouldn't have stopped here. Well, how do you like that? A lady slipper. Where do you suppose it came from? Oh, from the house, of course. Look up there on the second floor. I don't see anything. Well, there's a window open over to the right. Hey, and I thought the place was deserted. Mr. Valentine, there's a note tied to this slipper. Hey, what does it say? Yeah. A note written in lipstick. Hmm, intriguing. Well, don't keep it to yourself. Read it. Uh, 
I am being held prisoner in this house. Please save me. Well, a maiden in distress. Now that's silly. Cute little slippers. Five double A. Hmm, petite. Somebody's trying to play a joke on you. Written in orange lipstick. Hey, she must be a blonde. See you later. Mr. Valentine, where are you going? To rescue the maiden, of course. Yeah, but do you think it's on the level? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Now, Mr. Valentine, somebody's trying to make a fool out of you. Well, I'm in the mood for it. Wait a minute. You must go, then I'm going with you. You may need help. You may be up against a gang. Are you thinking of the gang or the orange lipstick? What are you thinking of? That's the leading question. Come on, to the rescue. Gee, do you think we'll have to break the door down, Mr. Valentine? (laughs) Only as a last resort, Sonny. I've always wanted to see someone break down a door. Hey, this is kind of exciting. What was that? It sounded like a bell. Where'd it come from? I'm sorry, Mr. Valentine. I guess I leaned on the doorbell. Oh, sorry. Mr. Valentine, I hear someone coming to the door. All right, now you two keep mom. I'll do the talking. Well, now what do you want? Oh, uh, I'm very sorry to disturb you, madam. I, I didn't think there was anyone here. The place is boarded up. That's not your affair at all. Now, what do you want? What are you doing here? Uh, well, uh, we're uh, having a little car trouble. Would you mind if I used your phone? I certainly would. You can't come in. But, madam, we just... Anyway, the phone is uh, out of order. Yes, it's been disconnected. Now, get away from here. Oh, now, wait a minute, lady. Don't close the door. I have nothing else to say to you. Get off my property immediately. Well, what a nice even temper. She almost slammed that door on my nose. Well, Mr. Valentine, now are you satisfied? Nothing wrong in there. She was just an old lady. What about the slipper and the note written in lipstick? Maybe it didn't even come from this house. It's the only one around for miles. Hey, maybe somebody tossed it out of a tree. Oh, a squirrel? Anyway, it's none of your affairs. Let's get away from here. Oh, Claire, where's your sense of chivalry? Well, then why don't you go to the police? Now, there's a sensible suggestion. Why bother the police until I find out what this is all about? Remember, I earn my living getting people out of trouble. But, Mr. Valentine, you don't have a client. Oh, yes, I have. It's 5AA. She asked me to save her. You saw the note. Yeah, but that old lady won't let you in the door. Well, then I won't use the door. Mr. Valentine, what are you going to do? Nothing. Until it gets dark. Come on, kids. Let's have our picnic. Now be careful. Yep. Quiet. I'm all right. Yeah, but do you think the trellis will hold you? You're full of chickens. Gotta hold me. Climbing up a trellis at your age. (laughs) Very romantic. I feel like a cross between Romeo and Robin Hood. Mr. Valentine! Just a little slippery. (laughs) How do you know you can get in that window? Oh, I'll get in. I used to be a vacuum cleaner salesman. (laughs) What are we supposed to do while you're selling a vacuum cleaner? Just stay there. If I don't come out in half an hour, get the cop. It's all right. It's not locked. Some drop if it's foot slips. Sonny, keep quiet. He'd be splattered all over the flagstone walk. Sonny. He'd make quite a splash. Sonny. All right. Got in. I don't like this. Breaking into someone's house. Oh, you got to hand it to him, sis. He's pretty brave at that. It's the orange lipstick. 
Too bad it wasn't a man's shoe. He'd have kept right on eating chicken. I wonder what he's doing now. Probably looking for the other slipper. Maybe it belonged to that old lady. Well, I'm not going to stand out here all evening. This is ridiculous. Sonny, ring the bell. Oh, now, Claire, you'll spoil everything. You heard what he said. It's not a half hour yet. All right. All right, come on in, but don't make any noise. Is it okay? What happened? Nothing. The coast is clear. Nobody around but the old woman. And she's in the front room playing solitaire. Come on. What are we going to do? Upstairs. Follow me. And take it easy. Golly. I don't like this. Kind of a spooky house. All right, now we'll start with these rooms. Sonny, are you game? Yeah, well, I... Yeah, I guess so. What do I have to do, Mr. Valentine? You take the rooms to the right of the stairway. Try the doors. If you come across one that's locked, let me know. You got it? Um, where would you be? I'm going to look over the rooms on the other side. Claire, you better come along with me. Well, maybe she ought to come with me. I mean, just for company. No, I want to look after her. You think something's going to happen? Now, Sonny, if you're afraid, just say so. Oh, I'm not afraid. He's cautious, that's all. Okay, then, get going. Come on, Claire. I'm right behind you, Mr. Valentine. Oh, I wish I could whistle. Well, here's the door. Go on, Sonny, open it. Just put your hand on the knob and turn it. Oh, it would be the squeaky door. Oh, it's just somebody's bedroom. Nothing in here. Oh, let's take another door. Oh, this is pretty easy. Well, go ahead, Sonny. Open it. Here, it's locked. <laughs> Well, there's a key in the door. Darn it. Come on, Sonny. Unlock it. Be brave. Dark in here. Oh. Pardon me. I didn't know there was anybody in here. Gee, for a minute I thought... There was somebody in there. I'm getting out of here. Mr. Valentine... Mr. Valentine. Keep quiet and come in. Close that door. What's the matter with you, Sonny? What happened? Oh, nothing much. I just heard somebody moaning, that's all. Moaning? Who was it? Did you see anybody? I didn't wait to investigate. Oh, all right. Stay here with Claire. I'll have a look around. Oh, I'm going with you. Now, Claire, you might get in my way. You'll be safe here. Just... Mr. Valentine. That's all right. The lights went off, that's all. Now, now, don't get excited. But it's so dark. Well, somebody's having fun with the switch. You think the lights went out all over the house? I don't know, maybe. Come on, we're getting out of here. Darn it. What's the matter? The door's locked. But it can't be. I just walked in. Well, somebody must have been following you and locked the door after you. You mean somebody's been watching us all this time? Yeah, it looks that way. And they've locked us in the room. Well, what'll they do to us? Now, Claire, remember, you're not the hysterical type. Oh, I'll try to remember. Good girl. Say, what size shoe do you wear? Maybe you can throw it out the window. Valentine, I'm not really frightened. Would you mind just sort of holding it? Oh, a pleasure. <laughs> Where are you? Here. And I'm here. 
Do I have to hold your hand, too? Say, there must be another way out of this room. Got any matches? I never used them. No, and I left my lighter in the car. There isn't any other way out. How do you know, Sonny? I didn't say anything. Claire, is your voice changing? I didn't say anything. Well, then who said that? Where'd that voice come from? Don't waste time trying to find me. Because I'm not in the room with you. In five minutes, the lights will go on. The door will be unlocked. You'd better get out of here if you want to stay healthy. Jeepers. You've got just five minutes to think it over. That's all. Mr. Valentine, we're going to do just what that voice said. Mr. Valentine, did you hear me? I think we better, Mr. Valentine. It sounded like it meant it. Mr. Valentine. And what about Miss 5AA and the moaning you heard? Well, you can report that to the police. When it's too late to do anything? After all, it's not our affair, Mr. Valentine. She really isn't our client. Well, what's that got to do with it? You'd risk our lives just because of a slipper and an orange lipstick. <sighs> okay, okay, maybe you're right, Claire. Of course I'm right. Sure she is. Okay, okay. Claire, you and Sonny get out of the car. Better drive straight to the police. What about you? I'll stay here and... Look around a bit. I see. Sonny? Yes, sis? You go down to the car. Better drive straight to the police. Claire, what about you? I'll help Mr. Valentine. Look around a bit. Oh. Well, I guess the car will be safe enough just where it is. But, Sonny! I'll help you help Mr. Valentine. Look around a bit. <laughs> Like George is in a tight spot this time. While he looks around a bit, and while Claire and Sonny help him, let me bring you an interesting bit of information. They tell me that surveys are all the rage these days. Anytime a businessman runs into a problem, he just runs a survey and gets all the answers from his adding machine. So I thought I'd run a little one-man survey of my own and find out why people like to do business at Chevron gas stations. Well, it turns out that folks find Chevron dealers mighty nice to do business with. First, they like the friendly, competent service they get at Chevron gas stations. And second, they know that they can get famous Chevron Supreme gasoline and RPM motor oil at Cream Green and Burgundy stations all through the West. Just one thing I'd like to add. The Chevron dealer in your neighborhood operates his own business. He's on his own, and his success depends on keeping you a satisfied customer. That's your best guarantee of a warm welcome when you stop at a Chevron gas station this weekend. George, Claire, and Sonny have been warned by a mysterious voice that they'd better get out of the house, and within five minutes. Now the time is up, and George is just reaching for the doorknob. Yep, it's unlocked, all right. Come on. I want it to look as if we're leaving the house. So, Claire, you and Sonny start to walk down the stairs. But slowly, understand? And what would you do? I want to check up on that moaning. Now, Sonny, point out that room to me. Um, right over there, Mr. Valentine, the one next to the top of the stairs. Good. All right, start going down. But slow. Wish I'd never thought of a picnic. Oh, don't worry, sis. I'll look after you. Hey, wait for me. Not so fast. Why couldn't I have suggested a movie? Or even bowling? Slower, sis. Oh, I wish he'd come downstairs with us instead of poking around up there. He doesn't know how many people he made. <laughs> that, that came from downstairs. Where? Claire, are you all right? It wasn't Claire. It was someone downstairs. Let me go ahead. Sonny, stay with me. Okay. 
Living room's over this way. Please, Mr. Valentine, be careful. Now, where's that red king buried? Jocelyn Cat, she's still playing solitaire. She acts as if nothing happened. Yeah, well, it may be a stall. Sorry to interrupt you, madam, but the game is up. I guess you're right. I can't win without the Red King. <gasps> it's you. What are you doing in this house? I told you the phone is disconnected. Look, what do you say we stop pretending? Who screamed? Screamed? Oh, you mean the radio. I was listening to a program, but it frightened me, so I turned it off. After who locked the door on us, Mr. Valentine? Yes. And what about that voice? Look, lady, I'll admit we have no business here, but that's not important now. Someone locked us in a room. Then we heard a voice. It seemed to come over a loudspeaker. I'm sure I don't know what in the world you're... Oh, Roland, of course. That boy will be the death of me. Boy? Did you say boy? I never should have given him that detective set. Roland! Roland! Come downstairs, you naughty boy. Now, wait a minute. I don't get this. It's my grandson. He fancies himself an amateur detective. He has this whole house rigged up with microphones and speakers and, well, always playing tricks on me. Roland! I was just going to bed, Grandmother, honest. Now you go upstairs this minute and go right straight to bed, understand? No mortgage tricks. Oh, the very idea. I'll be good, Grandmother, I promise. Good Do you... Do you mean to tell me that that kid... <laughs> He's your maiden in distress, Mr. Valentine. <laughs> yeah, he really had you going, huh? Okay, okay, the joke's on me. I'm very sorry, madam. Maybe I made a little mistake. You have been a little ridiculous, young man. All right. Forgive us for barging in on you. Come on, kids. Let's get out of here. Quick. <laughs> and to think you even climbed a trellis to rescue her. <laughs> All right. All right. Go ahead. Have your fun. I still say the whole thing is pretty fishy. A mystery. Just an old lady and a little boy who likes to play tricks. Uh-huh. Think so? Mr. Valentine, what do you mean? Aren't you satisfied yet? No. No, I'm not satisfied at all. What about the note? It was feminine handwriting, I'd swear to that. Maybe the note came with his detective set. Uh-huh. I wonder if his detective set included a big black cigar. Cigar? Sure. Didn't you notice it on the ashtray in the living room? Well, there's no accounting for some people. Maybe it belonged to the old woman. She didn't look the type. And why are they living in a house that's boarded up? What do you say we talk about it on the way home? Oh, no, Claire. I have a better idea. Suppose you two wait in the car for me. Oh, Mr. Valentine, you're not going back in that house again. This time, I'm going around the back way and have a look. Then I'm going with you. Well, here we go again. Count me in, too. Okay, but you got to be quiet. I hope no one sees us. would be a moonlit night. The moonlight is very becoming to you, Claire. On you, it looks nice. Hey, this is no time for that kind of stuff. Uh, always in there pitching, though. Hey, careful now. Stay behind this tree. The light's coming from somewhere. Yeah, the kitchen. Hey, there's someone in there, Mr. Valentine. Uh-huh, I see him. Well, it's the boy detective, Roland. Hey, look at him. My, my, my. What a sweet, innocent little child. Smoking a cigar. How awful. Doesn't he know that'll stunt his growth? Not his, Sonny. He'll never grow any taller. Do you mean he... Mr. Valentine, he's a midget. A midget? Of course. I knew it all along. He turned out the light. He's going in the other room. Come on, let's see about this window. Hey, we're in luck. It's not locked. Mr. Valentine, are you sure you want to go in there? Of course. Can't give up now. What do you think you'll accomplish? I'm surprised at you, Claire. Don't you remember your fairy stories? Here's the slipper. I'm Prince Charming. So, got to find Cinderella. 
Go. Did you see him? He's in the living room with the old lady. Now, Sonny, which room did the moaning come from? Well, let's see. First I went into this room, and then I went into that room. Or did I go into that one first and then this one? Well, make up your mind. Why don't you look in both rooms, Mr. Valentine? <laughs> Brilliant suggestion. Okay. No noise now. I seem to remember the creak in this door. Where's the light switch? Oh, here it is. Well, there's no one in here. Just the moaning came from the other room. Hey, wait a minute. Here's the mate to that slipper. Now I've got two shoes. You can open up a shoe store. Mr. Valentine. What is it, Claire? Look. On that chair. It's... It's a whip. Oh, cats, that looks like it would hurt. A big black whip. The kind Simon Legree used. Oh, Mr. Valentine. You think that someone's been using it on this 5AA? Uh-oh, we'd better not waste any more time. Come on. We'll try the other room. Is this the door, Sonny? Yeah. I'm pretty sure the moaning came from this room. Hey, it isn't locked. It was locked before. I'm sure it was. Never mind. Let me go first. I think that's a fine idea. The light switches over to the left. Close the door. Now, let's see. Mr. Valentine, look. Hmm? There's someone lying on the bed. Hey, it's a girl. Miss Five Double A. Is she? No. No, she's all right. Sleeping soundly, though. Maybe she's been drugged. Pardon me for mentioning it, Mr. Valentine, but she's not exactly petite. In fact, she's... She's enormous. <laughs> well, that just goes to show you. You can never tell by the size of the shoe. Who's in here? Who is it? Now, don't be frightened, miss. We came to help you. Who are you? Prince Charming. Who? You threw a slipper out of the window, didn't you, with a note on it? Did you find it? Yes, I've got the slipper. You've come to help me. Thank heaven. Oh, please. Please get me out of this house. They're torturing me. Oh, Mr. Valentine, the poor girl. There, you see what I tell you. Now, don't you worry. You're going to be all right. We'll take care of you. You've got to get me away from them. Is there anyone in this house besides the midget and the old lady? Not so far as I know. Oh, please, you will help me get away from them. I can't take any more. Now, now, pull yourself together. Look, there's a trellis outside this window. We'll help you climb down it. Excuse me, Mr. Valentine, but it'll never hold her. Oh. Yeah, you're right, son. You won't leave me? No, no, of course not. We'll get you out of here some way. Tiny! Tiny! Hey, there's that voice again. Roland's up to his old tricks. She's going to torture me again. I know it. No, now, take it easy. We're here. Tiny, listen. Hear that, Tiny? Hear the sizzling? He's going to start that again. How do you like that sizzling sound, Tiny? Ah, brown and crisp. Oh, Mr. Valentine, listen to that. Stop them. Can you hear the juice running out? Oh, how horrible. Oh, jeepers. Just the way you like it, Tiny. A thick, juicy steak. Steak? Steak? Say, what is oh, this? Oh, stop him. With mashed potatoes, swimming in gravy, hot biscuits and strawberry oh, jelly. Please, stop him. Butterscotch pie, a pitcher of I milk. I can't stand it. Neither can I. And a chocolate cake. We'll be waiting for you in the dining room, Tiny. Hurry down. I can't hold out any longer. I've got to give in. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's this all about? What kind of torture is this anyway? Say, who are you? Don't you recognize me? I'm Tiny, you know, with the circus. The circus? I used to be the fattest woman in the business. That was before I went on a diet. Now I'm down to 310. Oh, a mere shadow. That's right. They were afraid I'd ruin my career, so they locked me in here, and they've been torturing me ever since. 
Torturing you? How? They're trying to force me to break my diet and eat again. I still don't get it. Who are they? Who's the midget and the old lady? He's a clown and she's the lion tamer. Oh, I thought you could crack a whip. We found this place boarded up, so we decided to move in until the circus opens again. No wonder they tried to get rid of us. They didn't want any, anyone to know they were living here. But I don't understand. Tiny, why did you want to ruin your career? Why did you want to diet? Well, you should understand. You're a woman. Romance has never entered my life. I thought that maybe if I got thin, well, thinner, someone somewhere... Well, somehow I might have just one fleeting moment of romance. And then I could go back to the circus and be happy with my memories. Hasn't anyone ever looked at you twice? They'd have to look at her twice to take her all in. <laughs> Sonny, will you shut up? Well, once something wonderful almost happened to me. It was very beautiful. He thought he was in love with me, and I thought I was in love with him. Who was he? The tattooed man in the circus. But it wasn't destined to last. Oh, why not? Well, you see, he said that when he fell in love, he was going to have the girl of his dreams tattooed on his chest. Yes? His chest wasn't big enough. <laughs> oh, time. That was my only experience with romance. Oh, well, I wouldn't exactly say that, Tiny. I know a man who risked his life for you. You're joking. Joking? Listen, I climbed a trellis and almost broke my neck. I was locked in a room. I was threatened. But I, I stayed anyway, just to bring you your slipper. Why were you so anxious to bring it to me? Well, because it's it's the most beautiful slipper I ever saw. You have very dainty feet, honey. Dainty feet? Well, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. It's something I can treasure all my life. Well, then, there's your memory. Yes. Whenever I'm unhappy, I'll think of what you said. Dainty feet. Now can you go back to your career? Of course, I can start eating again. For one little moment, romance entered into my life. I'll never forget you. Oh, that's all right. Oh, my Prince Charming. Oh, no, wait a I've got to reward hey, you. Don't be shy. Ouch. My Prince Charming. I swear, help. <laughs> the way home. Where are you taking us now, Prince Charming? Never mind. Yeah, but it's late and I'm hungry. Jeepers, did you hear that menu? Steak, mashed potatoes. Hey, are you going to a restaurant? I'm going to a doctor. I better have him look me over. She must have cracked all my ribs. <laughs> and my Adam's apple doesn't go up and down like it should. What does it matter? Just so it had a happy ending. Just like the storybook. Suffering cats, what a day. All we went through for a few cracked ribs. And a crushed larynx. Oh, cut it out, will you? We saved a career, didn't we? Now Tiny will be satisfied to be what she was meant to be. Maybe it's my practical mind, Mr. Valentine. Maybe I shouldn't even mention it. But you are in business, you know. The next time you go after a client, will you please see to it that you collect a fee? Why, Claire, what are you talking about? I did get my fee. You mean that... that kiss? No, no, of course not. Here, take a look. There's one for each of us. Isn't it terrific? Free passes to the circus. George will be back in a moment. Meanwhile, since I was knee-high to a gopher, I've been told that it takes all kinds of people to make a world. But I've been finding out for myself lately that a lot of the best of them are doing business under a Chevron gas station sign. 
All through the West, I've found that you can pretty generally count on smart, cheerful service when you swing into a Chevron gas station. The reason is simple. Chevron gas stations are home-owned. Chances are the fellow who waits on you is the owner. Naturally, he's going to be mighty careful to give you the best his business has to offer. And there's another good reason for stopping at the Cream Green and Burgundy stations. They all handle climate-tailored Chevron Supreme gasoline and RPM-compounded motor oil. Try them if you're out for a drive this weekend. And remember, your Chevron credit card is good as gold at a Chevron gas station. Next week at this time, George Valentine has an unusual problem. You'll probably hear something like this. Why are you so excited, Mr. Valentine? All you have to do is find Mr. Williams a wife. Yes, but it's got to be a wife who'll love his little Dolores. Dolores? Yes, and all her little brothers and sisters. All her brothers and sisters? A big family, huh? How many has Mr. Williams got? Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven children? No, fifty-seven pigs. Chevron Gas Stations all through the West invite you to be with us again next week for another chapter of Let George Do It, brought to you by the makers of Chevron Supreme Gasoline. Let George Do It, starring Robert Bailey as George, with Francis Robinson as Claire and Eddie Firestone Jr. as Sonny, is written by Pauline Hopkins, produced and directed by Owen Vincent. Others in the cast were Martha Wentworth as Susan, Tommy Bernard as Roland, and Monty Margetts as Tiny. The music was composed and conducted by Charles Dant, your announcer, John Heaston. Listen again next week, same time, same station, to Let George Do It. This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System.